Thanks for joining us today. If you're new to The Rock, we would love to connect with you. You can text Rock of KC to 816-307-1611 for a connect card, and a member of our team will be in touch with you shortly. If you'd like to partner with us financially, you can give safely and securely through our app and on our website at rockofkc.com. Your generous giving through The Rock supports many ministries locally and globally. We hope you enjoy this week's message. You all see me dance? I do, I, I, I listen, I do the manna dance. Manna is uh, what came down out of heaven. It means what is it? So when I dance, like what is that? That's what people are like, what is it? So I do the manna dance. It's very biblical. It's wild. It's crazy. It's offbeat. It, uh, but I'm telling you, I'm having a good time. I just have a good time and embarrass my family. <laughs> Praise be to God. Well, church, welcome to the building. Uh, glad that you're here. We're going to have a party on the 25th. We're celebrating the heart and the spirit of this house, which is servanthood. Jesus, uh, Mark chapter 10, verse 45, I believe it is. You can check me on it. But um, he said, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And give his life as a ransom for many. And so the heart and spirit of this house is servanthood. We're just looking for people who will... Do practice John chapter 13 and pick up their towel and just begin to serve. Have a spirit of hospitality, spirit of servanthood. Not complain about who's not serving, but just step up and this is what I do. And so we have people serving all over. We have people serving back in the nurseries, cafe. People serve as greeters, ushers. People serve with their giving, their prayer support. I mean, there's all manners of ways in which we serve. And so we're throwing a party for servanthood. And uh, most servants don't want to be recognized, but we're going to recognize a few and encourage you to sign up and show up and how many of you know you throw a party you want people to come and uh so sign up and show up and let's fill this house and if we have to overflow we'll overflow and uh, we'll believe god to multiply the chicken amen <laughs> all right Are you all ready to get into the word pray for that word to get into you well let's pray father god we are ready we are ready to worship you we've been worshiping you and we're going to continue to worship you you said whatever we do, we do to the glory of God. And so, Lord, whether we work or play, whatever we do, we, we want to do it to your glory. And so, God, we want to listen to your glory right now. We want to lean into your glory. We want to mix this word with faith to your glory. We want to receive grace to receive the word and to act upon the word so that it doesn't return void. But in our hearts, Lord, there will be a 30, 60, and 100-fold return on your word. And then we would so prove to be your disciples and glorify you in heaven. We pray for this grace to be upon us all. In Jesus' name and all of God's people said, amen. How many of you are familiar with Psalm 23? All right, Psalm 23. Yeah, it's probably one of the most famous psalms uh, in, in the Bible that people uh, have memorized, maybe as a child or whatever. And I want us to just, uh, I want us to read Psalm 23 together out loud, if we could. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, 
and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. All of God's people said, Amen. I want to title this message simply, I shall not want. I shall not want. Now in this psalm, there are uh, seven uh, divine compound names of God that are revealed in this psalm. And we're going to look at those. Uh, but the key to the whole of this psalm is found in the opening statement, I shall not want. Literally, it can be translated, I shall not lack. I shall not lack. Now, a lot of us have wants, don't we? Oh, I want this, I want that, I want a bigger house, I want more paycheck, I want more influence, I want more followers, I want, I want, I want, I want. I mean, I have a lot of wants too, but I don't have a whole lot of needs in all reality. I got a lot of wants. Like I, I want a uh, more powerful crossbow. I do. I want one. And there's a reason, and I can justify it, and I'm working to convince God. He's either got to move those big bucks closer or he needs to get me something I'll reach out a little bit further. The big bucks tend to stay out at 100 yards, a little more, 80. And my crossbow, I know it'll go 62, 63. But outside of that, it becomes, I don't know if it's an ethical shot or not at that point because of, well, it just, the feet per second and impact and you just, you know, you don't want to wound an animal. Some of y'all judging me. It's just judging me. Like, how could you? How could you do that, Pastor? Like, how? I mean, have you ever looked into their eyes? I'm not in love with them. I'm not. It's not a romantic situation here. But it, that's not what's happening when you know uh, they run into your car. You know, and eat all your. Uh, foliage in your landscaping. All right, moving right along here. I'm getting off track here. But I can justify a lot of wants, but this is the scripture says, I shall not lack. The, the psalmist is recognizing, I, I'm in God, I lack nothing. My identity is in God. My identity isn't in the stuff I have. My identity's not in the clothes I wear, the shoes I wear. My identity's not in the house I live in. My identity's not in the size of my bank account. It's not in how many people I employ. My identity's in God. The Lord is my shepherd. The, the prayer book version says, The Lord is my shepherd, therefore I lack nothing. He is Jehovah Ra. This is the first compound name of God that's revealed here. I am your shepherd. He is my shepherd. This speaks of a relationship. And that little kupla is, is not in the Hebrew text. It's literally the Lord, my shepherd. He's not just anybody's shepherd. He's my shepherd. Are you hearing this? He's making a proclamation to all the sheep that are listening to him sing this song as he's out there caring for the sheep. He's making the proclamation to the world and to himself, the Lord, my shepherd. I have a relationship with my shepherd. My sheep hear my voice, Jesus said in John chapter 10. And the voice of a stranger, they'll not follow. Sheep are very docile uh, creatures. They're not dumb, as some people have said. They're really not. They can learn things, but they're very attentive to the voice of their shepherd. 
In fact, I've shown videos before, and they're fun to go out and look at, of other people trying to call a shepherd sheep. It's crazy. Uh, they took some college students out to this shepherd field in Netherlands or somewhere like that, and they and this shepherd was teaching them how to call the sheep, you know, and uh, then they went out and tried it. The sheep were out there just grazing, 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 and these people, these college students are trying to call him like he does, and only one sheep looked up like, like, are you kidding me? And then went back to eating. The rest of them didn't even flinch. It didn't even startle them. It didn't even look up because they knew that's not the voice of my shepherd. But as soon as the shepherd came and he started calling, all of a sudden, and then they all came running towards him. And see, that's the kind of relationship God wants with you. He wants you to hear his voice so clear. I've said this before, that the loudest voice in your life should be the whisper of your shepherd, Jesus. The loudest voice, a lot of chaos, a lot of loud voices, a lot of dogs yapping, you know, and wanting your attention. But who gets your attention? The whisper of heaven, the sound of the shepherd's voice. The Lord, my shepherd, he's Jehovah Ra, my shepherd. Can you say that? I hope that you can today. I hope that you will begin to really get your identity and not, your, not the shape of your body, not the shape of your bank account, not the shape of your retirement account, not the shape of the house you live in or the type of car you drive or whatever else that you might be blessed with, but rather the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not lack. I am not going to lack. Why? Because the Lord is my shepherd. He's my shepherd. He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. He will never abandon me. He loves me with an everlasting love. He adopted me. He chose me. He saved me. He delivered me and is delivering me. He holds me by his righteous right hand. He upholds me. He strengthens me. He's my strong tower. He's my buckler. He's my shield. The righteous run into him and are saved. Oh, let me tell you something today. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not lack. Come on now. He's worthy of honor and glory and praise. He's worthy of a yielded heart. The Lord is my shepherd, the psalmist pronounces. And then he provides, he is Jehovah, or Jehovah Yireh. The J is silent. If you pronounce it Jehovah and Jireh, then you're not condemned. And you're not like un, ungodly. It's amazing to me uh, what people get into uh, and how, well, you know, you've got to pronounce the, the name of God just right. And like, excuse me, excuse me, how did I get saved then? How did I get saved? Because when I knelt on my knees in that dorm room at the University of Missouri, and I'm a young freshman college kid wondering about the purpose of life and not knowing all of, I didn't know Romans Road. I didn't know the four spiritual laws. I didn't know the difference between a Baptist and a Catholic and an Anglican and an Episcopalian and a Greek Orthodox. I didn't know about Church of Christ. I didn't know about Jesus' name only people. Oh, did I get an awakening? Boy, did I get an awakening about how special people find their little special pet things 
and then build all these things around them. I, I found out a lot about them. I mean, I learned about gold tablets and, and visions with angels and uh, copying King James English Bible and creating a new sect and, and all these things. All I did was said, God, how's this for having a lot of faith to get saved? God, if you're real, come into my life and save me. I'm sick and tired of living this way. How's that for God? To, well, I didn't say Jesus. I didn't, I didn't say Yeshua HaMashiach. I didn't say the Hebrew name, Jesus the Messiah. I, I just said God. And he happened to respond to God. Because God has a lot of names, like Adonai and, and Emmanuel and Jesus and, uh, and Isis, and we could go on and on about the different names of God. How many know God knows who he, who he is? And here's the deal. None of you, myself included, can come to God unless the Holy Spirit leads us to him. No man comes to the Lord unless the Spirit brings him. So I don't, it doesn't matter the formula that's used or said. Have you met Jesus has he become real in your life? Has the Holy Spirit done the work of conviction that's led you to, your, to the revelation that you need Jesus? And so he is calling upon the Lord. And whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And people will get, well, the name of the Lord is YWHW. We can't pronounce it. It's the consonants for, and we say Yahweh or or some other way. But they left out the vows because they didn't want to dishonor and profane the name of God. So that's why it was, it was holy. And how many of you know that God is not like waiting for you to speak perfect Hebrew so he can save you? Or find the secret. Because we all, and that's how these cults and stuff, because they want to get special. We have special revelation. Not like those people. No, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son and he desired none to perish but all come to everlasting life. And so please, don't be one of those Christians that have to say, well, did you walk the aisle? Did you sign the pledge? No, I called upon the name of the Lord and he saved me. And, he, and the Holy Spirit introduced me to Jesus and he's amazing. He's amazing. And, and, and yeah, I sing to him with musical instruments because he said, let everything that have breath praise the Lord. And he said, there's stringed instruments and there's ones you blow through. And then I play my air guitar amazingly. And I play my drums amazingly. And I'm on beat and I'm on rhythm. Even when my wife says, you need to stop clapping because you're not on beat. And I said, no one else is on beat. They're not following their leader. <laughs> you know? And it's like, no. I'm not going to get, yeah, do I believe in sound doctrine? Do I believe the Roman road? And does that help people come to Christ? Yes. But listen, God has many ways to save people. God has many ways to bring people to their knees. God has many, many ways that he can bring you to Jesus. And he might not fit your little perfect formula. <laughs> come on now. He's. Jehovah Yiri, the Lord will provide. What? He will make me lie down in green pastures. What does this speak of? It speaks of rest. 
It speaks of, or it speaks of provision. When Abraham, in Genesis 22, I'm not going to read all of it there, but Abraham took Isaac, and Isaac says, Dad, where's the, where's the ram? Where's the, where's the sacrifice? And he said, uh, the Lord will provide. Uh, you're the sacrifice. But he's not going to tell him. He said, Lord will provide. So he bound him up, put him on there to obey God. It's crazy to think about. It's crazy to think about God would sacrifice his son. It was a precursor of what God was going to do for you and me, that we might be saved. And then there in the thicket was a ram caught, and God provided. And that's what the psalmist is recognizing the Lord will provide. You can rest here. Why are you fearing lack for your future? Why do you think you're not going to have enough in retirement? Who are you looking to your bank account or are you looking to God? Seriously. The Bible says don't set your heart on riches for they take wings and fly away. It's clear. No, listen. Yeah, I've provided. I've put stuff away. I've done the Proverbs wisdom stuff. You see the... You know, the squirrels and how they gather in the winter so they have enough, you know, or the summer so they have enough to get through the winter. Yeah, I'm going to do all that. I'm going to be wise. I'm going to learn God's principles, economic principles. Here's real simple. Don't complicate this. Give. That's the first. Give the first fruits to God. Just determine in your heart, I'm going to be a percentage giver. And just settle the issue. It's God's. It belongs to God. I'm not going to wrangle over, do I tithe, you know, do I give 11, 12%? No, I'm going to start at 10 and just keep giving. I'm going to do tithes and offerings. That's me, my house, my wife, and I settled that issue years ago. And so it's just every dime first goes to God out of every dollar or penny. And then, you know, you just grow up and like that. And then the offerings. And so we just do it. And it's like not a stronghold anymore. We crushed it. It's like, no, you're not doing it. You're, and then we save because that's the order. Order affects outcome. You don't pay yourself first. A lot of secular people say pay yourself first. Well, that's not biblical. Give to God. Just give him the first fruits. Just give it to him. And start wherever you're at. You say, well, can I do a graduated tithe? I, if you want, I don't know. I'm not here to beat you up over that. Just challenge you. To say, let's just line up with God and trust him. His economic scale is different. It is. It's, it is totally different. And so I said, God, you're my provider. And I'm just going to rest. I'm not going to live in this, uh, what, what, what do you say, Pastor Kurt? Lack, slack, or lack, slack, and what? And never enough. It's like, this is not going to have enough. There's lack, slack in there. No, no, no. He's an abundant God, abundant provider. And listen, I'm going to live with godliness and contentment because that's great gain. I'm just going to live there. I'm good. I'm good. I got food, I got clothing, I got shelter. In fact, I got a lot more than that. I'm pretty good. It's good. He's my provider. I shall not lack. And so I'm going to rest. I'm going to chill out. I'm going to quit worrying about tomorrow. I'm going to quit worrying about what I shall eat or drink and what clothes am I going to wear and stuff. I mean, it's crazy. I got so many clothes and shoes, and then I stand there and go, I'm bored with all this. I got to get new. And then guess what happens? The new becomes boring. 
And the cycle continues. And so he just said, you know, it's good enough. I'm good. I'm good. I get a few things every now and then, freshen stuff up, but I'm not going to live in this constant grind of turmoil and not resting. And just not. Are you hearing this? He is Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Shalom, the Lord our peace. He leads me beside still waters. You see, sheep are, sheep are really, uh, they don't like troubled waters. They don't like bubbling streams. So, so the shepherd would come and block the stream and create a, a tranquil area where they would come and feel safety. And this is our shalom. This is God, my peace. I'm going to come and drink from the well of salvation. I'm going to drink from the peace of God. I'm going to let him step into the room of my fear and say, peace I give to you, not as the world gives. And I breathe on you and receive the Holy Spirit. See, this is what I'm going to drink from. He, he's going to create a, a place for me to come and bask in his peace that surpasses understanding. To guard and protect my heart and mind through Jesus Christ my Lord. I'm going to let him be the one who rules and reigns in my life. I'm not going to let anxiety rule. I'm not going to let fear rule. I'm not going to let, let the chaotic nonsense of the world that claims that, you know, if you don't, you know, the fear of missing out. If you don't buy crypto, you're going to miss out. If you don't buy gold, you're going to miss out. If you don't buy silver, you're going to miss out. If you don't prepare for the coming economic earthquake, you're going to go under. And you know how many times I've heard that in my lifetime? And I'm still provided for, and I'm still living, and I'm still breathing, and I've not had to go beg for food. My God has provided. He is providing, and he will provide. The Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not lack. And I'm not going to lack his peace. I'm not going to live there. I shall not lack peace. That's our confession uh, for he is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals. What does he do? He restores my soul. When the Lord is our shepherd, he restores our soul, our soul, our troubled souls, our souls that get weighed down with worries and cares of this life. He comes and he said, I'm going to bring restoration. I want to bring you back to the garden. I want to bring you back to the garden. I want to bring you back to the garden. So the garden, pastor, yeah. In the garden, you were naked and not ashamed. In the garden, you had communion with God. You had a relationship with God. You walked with God. You weren't worried about anything. There was no care in the world. We had communion. We fellowshiped. And I want to bring you back. I want to restore your soul. I want to, I want you to, I want to, I want to heal you of the resentment you're living with. The resentment towards yourself and the resentment that you have towards others. What a terrible place to live. God doesn't have that for you, beloved. He doesn't want you to live with anxiety and resentment and bitterness. And this wounded heart. This heart that's so guarded and I'll never love again. And I'll never put myself out there like that again. Self-protecting. He doesn't want. He wants a restored soul. I want to free you. I want you to walk in liberty. I want you to walk in my truth. I want you to walk in my love. I want my love to be shed or brought in your heart. I want you to be naked before you. I don't want you to live this compartmentalized life 
well, I've got my, you know, I've got my work life, and I've got my family life, and I've got my church life, and I've got my, you know, I've got my buddy life, and I've got my hobby life, and I've got all these little boxes that I live. No, 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 no. It's all one life. It's all one life. It's a life lived before God, with my God. A life I live with God, a life I live for God, my shepherd. Are you hearing me? Like this is, my worship is the way I live. My worship is the way I live. It's not a box I check off. My devotional life is the way I live. My reading the Bible life is the way I live. The way I interact with my friends, this is the way I live. It's all my worship to God. Whatever I do in word or deed, I do to the glory of God. Are you hearing? That's, this is, God who restores my soul. Elijah was down. I mean, he had had this great victory. How many of you ever had great victories and then just like you hit the bottom? That's crazy, isn't it? Just like the chiefs. (laughs) How could they be doing so well and then just because they're human? Because they're human. The same way with you. You can be doing well, moving right along, loving God, praising God. Life's good. And then, boom, something knocks your feet out from underneath you. And you go, what the heck happened? What happened? What happened? Life happened. That's what happened. He's still good. He's not left you. The word, the word comfort means to, to sigh. It, it's, it's the idea that, that it, it's like... How many of you ever sigh just like, and then someone's just come and sighed with you? It's like, man. And I said, a young man. It's like, it's a pastor. I'm getting ready to go to my family and my 34 year old cousin who just got married in May and who's expecting his first baby was out skiing in Utah and he hit a tree and he passed away. And his parents are driving his body back from Utah now. And we're going to go over and just sit with each other. I just That was just in between services. You know what the shepherd's going to do? He's going to come and he's going to sigh with them. He's going to sit with us as Pastor Kurtz is in our mess. Come and sit with us. The Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not lack his comfort. I shall not lack restoration. He will turn this for good. He will give me beauty for ashes. This is who he is. This is what he does. And if he cares for the birds of the air, How much more will he care for me? He restores my soul. I'm not going to live in the bitter land. He restores my soul. I'm not going to live in the land of resentment. I'm not going to live in the land of blame. You know what blame is? One author says blame is trying to take your pain put it on someone else that's what blame is it's just I got this pain and I gotta blame someone for it and God says no 
Don't blame me. Don't blame yourself. Give it to me. Give me your pain. Give it to me. I want to restore your soul. I don't want you to become bitter. I don't want you to become brazen. I don't want you to become hard-hearted. I don't want you to be self-guarded. It's not a way to live. It's a trap of the enemy. Give me your pain. Give it to me. Beat on my chest. Call me names. Ask me why. Cry yourself to sleep. Give me your pain. I'm your shepherd. And I want to restore your soul. He's Jehovah Sikkenu. The Lord, our righteousness. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Hey, if you want to know, you want to know about God's guidance? He will never lead you to do the wrong thing. Okay? Don't complicate this thing. Don't say I'm so confused. Most people are not confused. Most people that I've counseled throughout my life or discipled and tried to disciple and attempted to disciple are not confused. What they are is they've got choice A or choice B, and they know the right choice, and they don't want to make it, so they throw up the excuse thing of, I'm confused, and I just don't know what to do. And in all reality, they know clearly what to do. Come on now, is that not true? It's, it's like, well, you know, I'm just so confused about this thing. <laughs> no, you're not. You know God needs to go first. There's no, well, yeah, and so you're struggling with trusting him, deal with the real issue, you're struggling with trusting God and not your own reasoning. So don't call that confusion. Just call that, I don't like the choices. And so I'm going to throw up confusion so I don't have to make a choice, which is a choice. And you disobey God. What is this? I shall not lack guidance in righteous ways. Well, I just don't know if I should sleep with my boyfriend before we get married. What? What? Are you kidding me? You do know. If, you, if you're saying you don't know, means that you do know. You're conflicted with the righteous thing to do and the unrighteous thing to do. It's, why is it so quiet in here? Why, why does it get so quiet when, when that gets brought up? You know, or do I, do, I, do I cheat on my taxes? Well, render to Caesars. What is Caesars? Well, I don't like Caesar. And Caesar doesn't use this money right. Oh, yeah, that's what Jesus said. That's what he said. I'm sorry. I didn't write. I didn't. That's your version of the Bible. Okay, I need to get your version then. No, he leads me in paths of righteousness. Forgive. Bless. Curse not. This is the path of righteousness. I just don't know what to do. Well, I know what you need. I know what to do for you. I know what he'll tell you to do. He'll tell you to forgive. He'll tell you to keep loving. He'll tell you to get up and keep moving. He'll tell you to keep on being generous. Keep on giving. And forgiving. And that's what he'll tell you to do. He'll lead you in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. And then he is Jehovah, Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is there, ever present. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Now listen, watch this in verse 4. It, David changes from speaking of him, he, to you. 
This was his personal heavenward praise. So you see in the first three verses there, and in the middle of four, he's going, hey guys, let me tell you about this amazing shepherd. He's my shepherd, and he's my comfort, and this is what he does, and I want to proclaim it to the whole world. But then he turns it, and he personalizes it, and he turns it into praise and say, well, what's the difference between praise and worship? Uh, it's all worship. It's all worship. People, I mean, we really get into praise. Uh, well, we really get into worship. Well, we really get into proclamation. And we really get into singing to God and not just about God. I go, whoo, whoopee. You are special, aren't you? You are just so special. We just love to puff ourselves up, don't we, and just make others. Why do we have to do that? Because we're fallen. We're fallen creatures. We're just fallen. And we're just trying to make this thing special about us. And, well, we're, you know, we, we do the real. We go deep. They're loud and shallow. Heaven's loud. Heaven's loud. Heaven's quiet. I hear the sound. I shall not lack courage in the darkest hours of my soul, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Comfort is that Greek or that Hebrew word naham. It means to sigh with one who is grieving, to breathe intensely because of deep emotion. This is not casual sympathy, but deep empathy. This is a sighing with those who sigh. See, when the Lord is our shepherd, he is our refuge for us when we go through the valley of the shadow of death. His presence is a great reassurance for us in the lonely experience of the valley. The loss of a loved one or a fond hope and expectation can be a painful valley of the shadow of death. We need not drown in that valley of tears because the Lord is there to comfort us and heal our broken hearts. He's Jehovah Shammah. He's here. He's here. But it hurts so bad. He's here. He's here. But he's also, my shepherd's got a rod. My shepherd's got a rod. Woo, he's got a rod. He, don't mistake him that he's just some Pillsbury Doughboy shepherd. No, 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 no. He's got a rod, and you're his friend, and you're his sheep, and he calls you by name, and he's got a rod for the predators that want to come and suck the joy out of your life. The predators that want to come and bind you up with fear. The predators that want to leave you in a constant state of anxiety and turmoil. Am I going to have enough? Am I going to make it? Is there really someone to protect me? Yes, there is. I have a shepherd and he has a rod. And he wants to crush your enemies under his feet. He wants to put them to flight. I'm not going to fear because God's going to take a rod to that fear. He's going to take a club and he's going he's going to break the neck of Dagon, that idol that wants to come and establish it in my life above God. Are you hearing this? And guess what else he's got? He's got a staff with a little crook on it because he knows you have a tendency to wander. You know, sheep are like, sheep wander. They, they're like seventh and eighth grade, or seven and eight year old basketball players that I had to go, I get to go watch. I, I get to go watch. I get to go watch. And, and they just, all they care about is the ball. And they're just, and they'll dribble right into somebody. 
and then stop and not st- and stop dribbling and then they'll pick the ball up and all the others gather around pass it to me pass it to me and they no and then they start dribbling again and they're like that's double dribble guys and you need to look up and you need to get the scope and see what's open and drive the lane and no because all they care about is being fed and getting rest and getting some water and they tend to just stray and so the shepherd has to come and say you know get on back here and that God is like here get back here get back here your thoughts are going down the wrong path get back here let me take my club to those thoughts take every thought captive bring us obedience to Christ Get the rod, get the staff, whatever you need. Shepherd, do it to keep me close to you. Seventhly, he's Jehovah. Nisi, the Lord, my banner. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. This is God saying, this is the idea. So think of it. You got a shepherd, and he says, I'm going to show you what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to prepare a table for you in the presence of your enemies. And I'm going to, um, we're going to sit down, we're going to have a meal together. And they're all going to just look on with seething indignation. And I'm just going to say, he's mine. Uh, He's mine. This is my friend. He sits at the table with me. And you can't have him. And you can threaten all you want. You can do all this. but, But he's mine. This is my friend. Didn't we go to, yeah, I'm not going to read that verse. Yeah, I know you're being gracious. Real good. Okay. What's he do then? He anoints my head with oil. My cup overflows. This is the abundance of God. This speaks of, so, so oils here, there are two main oils that are mentioned in the Bible. There's the priestly oil for priestly anointing. And then there was a, a perfume oil that was just for blessing, for hospitality. And this is the oil, the perfume oil. Like, you, you are stinky sheep, and you need, this, you need to be, you, your smell, you know. <laughs> you smell, and so what I need to do is I need to comfort and restore your soul because you're starting to stink and getting a little jaded, and you're getting a little cynical, and you're getting a little, like, this is not a good smell. It's not the fragrant aroma of praise and incense. And so what I need to do is I need to anoint your head with the wall. I want to bring you into my tent of hospitality, and I'm going to put my favor upon you, and I'm going to refresh you. Gives me fresh oil, fresh oil, fresh perfume. I'm refreshing you up. Stay close to me. Let me provide for you. You shall not lack. And he's going to cause our cup to run over because I'm blessed to be a blessing. It's not just for me, but I'm going to spill out. I've been in the presence of my shepherd. I've been in the presence of God. I've been communing with him. and He's so good and he's so faithful. And I've been blessed and I want to bless you. Like I've just been poured into and I want to pour into you. What can I do? How can I help you? This is the heart and the spirit. I'm blessed to be a blessing. My cup runs over. He's a good shepherd. He says, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This speaks of Jehovah Shammah, the ever-present Lord. I'm going to forever be with him. I had a brother tell me that he, his leg was better today, and the doctor said, man, you got another 50 years. And I said, huh, I got eternity. 
I got you beat. <laughs> and I was messing with it, but it's true. I'm, I've already got eternal life in me. Death is just a door that opens to the ever-presence of the Lord. That's the reality I live in, so I don't live in the fear of death. I, because of life has already been bound to me and already been paid for me. As my brother last week told me, he said, how do I, how do I die? And he asked a friend that because he was struggling with just the fear of death. And he goes, how do I die? He said, the same way you live, by faith. You live by faith and you die by faith. And that was a word from him. And he said, I got it. It makes sense to me. Apostle Paul knew he was coming to the end. We all don't know when we're going to, what our time is. None of us do. That 34-year-old sure didn't think. It's like, wow. But I'm ready. Because he's my shepherd. He's my shepherd. He's my shepherd. Will you stand with me, please? We're going we're gonna to close with a couple confessions, but we're also going to close with a song. And I don't know, is it, I shall not want, is that the name of the song? So it's the name of the song. And I'd asked our team to kind of put it together. And Lucas told me the struggle they have because there's a lot of chord changes. It's very gospel music, but they, they're doing well with it. And it's called I Shall Not Want. I think it's Maverick City. And when I first heard this song, it ministered to me. I'm like, whoa. But I, you know, because of the way I hear sometimes and hear music, um, it doesn't, it sounds right coming in, but it comes out wrong. So I'm singing this song. Uh, my my soul's got a shepherd in the valley, and I shall not want. That's what the song says. But I was singing it, my soul's got a shepherd in the valley of I shall not want. You see the little word change of? And the both is reality. Like, I'm going, I should help these people with their songwriting. <laughs> well, I think I should. But anyway, my soul's got a shepherd in the valley of I shall not want. Like, I want to live in this place of I'm good. I'm good. I've got a shepherd, and I shall not want. I'm going to live in the valley of I shall not want. I, I shall not lack. I'm not going to lack anointing. I'm not going to lack favor. I'm not going to lack refreshing. I'm not going to lack restoration. I'm not going to lack the closeness of God. Come on now. I'm going to live in the valley of I shall not want. Why? Because I have a shepherd in the valley and I shall not want. Oh, beloved, I pray we'll get this in our heart and our spirit. So let's make these two confessions and let's go into song. I confess that the, let's, out loud, okay, let's shh, confess with your mouth. I confess that the Lord is my guide, my protector, provider, and constant companion. I run to him and touch his tent, entering his covering and let him tell my friend, my enemies, this is my friend. Come on now. Give him honor. Give him glory. Give him praise. And let's sing this together.